Welcome to the Vision Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about this podcast and everything happening at Vision, visit us online at visionnwa.com. Amen. I'm wearing a hat for a reason. I made a mistake about a week ago. And man, you know how you ever look at pictures of other people and you just see how they look, you know, with their particular haircut and you go, you know, I'm going to cut my hair just like that. So I was looking at Vin Diesel and I thought, man, he looks really cool. Looking at Dwayne Johnson going, man, I like that hairdo. And then I even went back a few years and looked at Telly Savalas. How many of you remember Telly Savalas? Come on, some of you older guys. Woo! Didn't he look amazing? So I got in the bathroom, I got the clippers. Yeah, I'm doing it, man. And I just, I shaved it down and then I looked at it and I just went. And so I've been wearing a hat ever since, except this morning. I knew I couldn't wear a hat in here because I, I felt just, just having it on for that moment, I could feel a little bit of judgmentalism. I mean, it was kind of amazing. Uh, but so it's okay though. I, so I'm not, that's why I'm not wearing the hat. But I just looked in the mirror and I went, man, this isn't working. And then I went to, the, then I went to see Becca, my daughter. And she's kind of my fashion consultant in a way. I, I do dress myself, thank God, but, but she does let me know when dad, yeah. And so I looked at her and she said, did you get a haircut? And I said, well, yeah, what do you think? And she just goes, I mean, she, you know, she was expressionless. She didn't want to tell me the truth. And she said, dad, when are you going to the barber? Because he can, he can straighten that. I said, tomorrow, I'll go tomorrow. So I went in my bedroom and put a hat on. And then when I went to the barber, that was even more demeaning because the barber said to me too, he said, he goes, wow, you did something. I said, yeah, I did. You need to fix it. And I said, this is what my daughter said. And he goes, yeah, you look a little better with a little bit up here on top. I said, thanks, appreciate that. And then I, and then I showed my wife because she likes short hair. And I thought, man, she's gonna like my hair. And she goes, your hair looked really nice. Looked. So, I, so anyway, so I'm going through a transition in my hair, okay? So be nice to me, okay? But that's what I want. And so, and so I walked, as I'm walking through this, you don't think that these moments really mean anything. But the Holy Spirit was telling me, I want you to preach about transition. And I want you to tell your hair story. I said, you're kidding me. The hair story? Surely you got more important things to talk about than my hair, God. And then God began to show me some things. Because what I did was I put a hat on for the whole week and I hid my hair. And I prayed that I wouldn't have to pray in front of anybody because I didn't want to take my hat off. And that's what we do when we're in transition. Sometimes we hide from the transition that God wants us to walk out. Think about Saul. Look over in 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel chapter 10. And let's talk about a little bit about this. Is this okay? 1 Samuel chapter 10. I'm just going to read it off of my notes to save time. But here was Saul. Samuel said, hey, we're going we're to make you guys a king. You guys have rejected God. You guys want a king, so we're going to give you a king. And so you know what they did? They, they, he pulled everybody together, the entire nation. And then he picked the tribe of Benjamin. And then after the tribe of Benjamin came together, he, he picked uh, Kish's family. 
And then he picked Saul, who was son of Kish. And this is what it says in 1 Samuel chapter 10. At the end of verse 21, it says that, but when they sought Saul, they couldn't find him because he couldn't be found. And therefore they inquired of the Lord further. And they said, has he come here yet? And then the Lord answered, there he is hiding in the equipment. He was hiding from the transition that God wanted him to walk through and to step into. And so I have a question this morning for you. Are you hiding from the transition that God wants you to go through? What he wants you to step into, man. Because my haircut, that's what I was doing. I was, I was hiding my hair. Man, and we're not called to hide from transition. We're called to step into it. My wife, she bought glasses normal, uh, just recently. She's got them on right now. And they have the transitional lenses. You know, you step out into the sun. They get dark. You step into the, inside the building and they clear up. And they automatically transition. And you know what? There's a time to transition. There's a time that we're supposed to step into transition. But then there's a time that we're not supposed to step into transition when we're supposed to stay where we are. And God said it this way. He said it this way in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1. He said, everything has a season. For everything, there is a season. You know what a season is? That means it's temporary. A season is just a, a space of time. It's temporary. And then, he said, and then he goes on to say, there's a purpose for everything under heaven. And so I want to I say this to you. Never fear transition. God has called you into transition for a reason. He has a plan and a purpose. But sometimes we back away from transition. We don't want to walk through it. We don't want to experience a change. We are enjoying this season. I'm comfortable in this season where I am. Please don't take me somewhere else. Please don't ask me to do something else. I'll never forget when Terry Henshaw, who's going to come and speak in November, when he called me and he said, hey, I want you to pray about something. I want, to pr- I want you to pray about coming on the road with us. I said, okay. He said, he said and he began to explain to me everything that we were going to be doing, what they had already done, and, and, and everything leading up to his big ask. And then at the end of it, he said, oh, and by the way, there's no salary. I said, well, you're really selling it there, Terry. But do you know what? I had asked God before that, a week before. I had laid everything down and I said, God, I want to do what you want me to do. And do you know they had had many people turn them down? Well, of course. No, they weren't paying anybody <laughs> anything. But you know what the Holy Spirit said to me? He said, you need to pray. You need to pray about this. How many of you don't raise your hand? Would pray about going on the road full-time with no salary you know I mean I want you to work full-time in ministry I want you to work more than 40 hours a week and we're not going to pay you a salary that's woohoo yeah man that sounds great and I, I and I just and so I prayed about it and do you know God wanted me to step into that transition and I'm so glad that I did because I couldn't see the plans that God had planned for me God said, listen, I have plans for you, for all of you, plans for a future and a hope, plans not to harm you, but to give you a future and a hope. Man, but we got to be willing to transition, man, because here's what happens. 
comfort in a season will prevent you from stepping into transition. I like it where I am. Man, I've got a good job. I've got great friends here. I'm where I'm supposed to be now. And it's evident because it's comfortable. Let me tell you, anytime God asks us to step out and to transition, it's uncomfortable. It comes with it. Because everything outside of your comfort zone is what? Uncomfortable. That's fun. That sounds great, exciting. Discomfort. It's amazing. I'm enjoying it. But you're going to have to leave what, you know, what you've known. Listen to this other scripture in Ecclesiastes chapter 7. Look at verse 8. It says, Better is the end of a thing than the beginning of it. And the patient in spirit is better than the proud in spirit. And then in verse 10, he says this, Don't, do not say, why were the old days better than these? Do not say that. Because a lot of people hold on to the good old days. And what it does, unannounced to them, is it prevents them from stepping in to the future that God has for them. When Nicole and I, we, we hadn't been married for very long. Uh, Zach and Becker were babies. And we were living in our first house in Tulsa. And I ran into an old uh, high school friend. And I said, man, why don't you come over? And so I brought him over to the house. And it was this one day. And he came over. And we're sitting there. And what are we talking about? High school. I mean, we're talking about the good old days. All the way back in the 80s. Woo! Come on, 80s. And, and we talked about everything from mullets to Van Halen to, I mean, everything that we were in, into. He was a guitar player and I was a drummer. So we used to jam every weekend. And after about an hour and a half of this type of conversation, Nicole poked her head in the door in the room and said, hey, I'm, I'm headed to bed. So it was nice to meet you. Have a great day. And she slipped out. And I thought, that's my cue. We've had enough talking about the glory days. And so he called me a few days later and started back in talking about the glory days. And I thought, you know, I, I, I can't talk about the glory days anymore because I'm, I, see, he, had, he wasn't married yet, didn't have any kids, but I mean, I'm focused on where God is taking me. So that's another question I want to ask you this morning. Are you focused on where God wants to take you? Because where God wants to take you is going to require transition. We're going to have to transition from one thing to another to get to where he's called us to go. You know, I think about Zach and Becca because I had to help them. Both Nicole and I had to help them transition. And, you know, I've read the scripture in the Bible that says that when I was a child, I thought as a child, I spoke as a child, I behaved like a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. And I thought it was interesting in that scripture because I noticed that he went from being a child to being a man, from being a girl to being a woman. And I thought he didn't say when I was a child, these are the things I did as a child. But when I became a teenager, I put away childish things. When I became a man and I thought, man, that's powerful. And so I started to pray. We started to pray about how can we help our kids transition And so Becca's 13th birthday was coming up. And we began to think about how could we help her transition into the woman that God's called her to be. And so we rented this limousine. It was a pink Hummer, man. You should have seen it. It was amazing. 
This is beautiful pink Hummer. And then we, we got a room at a hotel, conference room, and, or a, you know, a nice event room. And we aired up balloons and we decorated it. We had all her friends come over and everybody that we knew celebrate with us that she is not going from being a child to being a woman. And we read that scripture to her and we had her quote a bunch of scriptures because what was in our heart as parents was we wanted her to understand you're not going from a child to, to a preteen. You're not going from being a child to a, a teenager. You're turning into a young woman. Phil, but she's not a, a woman yet. Man, I'm calling things that be not as though I want them to be. Come on, somebody, right? And so we began... We began to plan for this, prepare for this. And I remember when I was able to sit down with her and I told her, hey, Becca, here's the deal. My Bible doesn't talk, it, 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 it talks about you going from a child to a woman. So here's what I wanna say to you. You're gonna, you're gonna become a young woman and, and we're gonna put more responsibility on you. But there's, or, or we're, gonna, we're gonna enable, we're gonna, give you the ability to do more but you're also going to have more responsibility and do you know we did that both for her and Zach and it really impacted them we saw them step up to a higher level in in their maturity and that's what God has called us to do to step up into greater maturity all right I brought a box with me this morning I was praying, and I don't know why, but I felt like God wanted me to share this. In this box are all the letters that Nicole and I wrote to each other. This is only some of them. But when we were dating in 1991, we dated through the US, United States Postal Service. Because in 1991, my first computer was a Mac Classic. It looked like it looked like a center block that you stood up on its end. That was the kind of computer it looked like. It had a screen, it was black and white. And the only thing that it did was it worked with the software you put on it. I mean, you couldn't do anything with it. There wasn't internet back then. Maybe some of you had a cell phone, but the cell phone was, you carried it in a bag or it was the size of a brick and you had to pay by the minute to use it. So your conversations were fast, you know. And so anyway, so I have all my letters because when we were dating, I, we had known each other four years prior to this, when we were dating. And um, as much as you can date through the postal service. And four years earlier, prior to this, we had, we had met each other and I, man, I fell head over heels in love for Nicole. And so I, I asked her out on a date, cold turkey. Come on, it was a cold call, man, wasn't it? Yeah. And I asked her out to church on a Wednesday night and then dinner. Could we go to dinner afterwards? Because I worked at a Cajun restaurant and, you know, I got a deal. I got 15% off. She, to this day, thinks it was free. No, <laughs> I paid for the meal. But, you know, all the coworkers are going behind her going, you know, and uh, they were goobers. But anyway, <laughs> so, so, but then four years later, we got reconnected through letters. I wrote her a letter. And so four years have gone by. How many of you know you changed in four years, right? So I wanted a picture. Hey, could you send me a picture? And so these are the pictures that she sent me right here. She was a teacher. 
And so this first picture is by Erica. She's age five. She drew a picture of Nicole. It was the first picture I got ever. And then this is uh, by uh, Shamara. She's age four, little picture there. And then this Mario drew a picture of her. And then you got a Camille, age five, drew pictures. And so, so here we are dating through the mail. And then I flew out there to see her. Yeah, there goes everything. It's all right. I flew out there and I asked her to marry me. And, you know, she had a, she had a weak moment and said yes. And I'm so glad she did because there was a lot that she was able to straighten out in my life. <laughs> you know, like wearing white socks. Don't wear white socks anymore um, with your dress shoes and that kind of thing. But anyway, but I was so glad that she said yes. But you know what's happened is we've gone through a lot of transitions together. We've gone through all these transitions. When we first got married, we were what I call single married. That's where you can go to movies and you can go out to eat and you can go have fun and you don't have kids. And then you have kids and you think that you can still go do, th do those things. But really the truth is you can't. And, and now you're what I call really married. And so we transition to have kids. Well, you know, when you have kids, there's all kinds of transitions that you go through with your kids. You're like the t-ball coach, right? You're doing everything for your child. You're helping them hold the bat. You're swinging the bat. You're running around the bases with them. You're doing everything for them. But then you transition into the sideline coach. And here you are on the sideline. And, and you're helping, you're coaching your child from the sideline. They run to first and you're giving them instructions. Okay, this is when you want to run. Go ahead and run. Yeah, circle to third, you know, and you're helping them. But then you transition from there into the dugout as your children transition to older age, right? And so now you're in the dugout. Now you're yelling, encouraging statements to them. And now you're coaching them from the dugout. But then you move from the dugout to where I am now. And I'm in the grandstands. Why? Because Zach and Becca have transitioned into adults. But what's sad to me is parents that don't make that transition with their kids. She's, she's 23 years old. Yeah, but she's, she'll always be my little girl. Well, I got news for you. She's not your little girl anymore. She's 23 years old. And so what I've discovered is that parents haven't transitioned out. They've got a 20-some-year-old, and they're still trying to parent them. And you say, well, I'm parenting them for a reason. They haven't grown up. Yeah, but it's your responsibility to transition. I had, we had to transition. We had to let go. It's not easy to take your hands off, is it? It's not. Why? Because you have to trust the God in them. And that's what I've had to do with my kids is I've had to back up and I've had to back up and I've had to back up. Well, sometimes God is needing us to back up. Why? Because we need to put trust in him. It's not, it wasn't easy when my daughter took the car for the first time and went driving down the road and she had a heavy foot. She followed people close. And I would ride with her and go, you know, I'm going to be okay. You know, and, and it was hard to not want to 
continue to parent. But, but once you've parented, once you've given that instruction, it's time to step back. Well, God is going, listen, I'm here to help you. I know everything. I can really help in this situation. But do we trust him or do we have to do it ourselves? Hebrews chapter five, verse 12 says this. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach to you again the first principles of the oracles of God. And you come to need milk and not solid food. We can't stay where we are in transition too. It can't happen. It's time to transition. But you know what? There, there. I think about, I think about, I look back and I just saw Holly and I think about when Jim went home to be with the Lord. And I was there when I watched him transition in life. And when we lived in Louisville, Kentucky, down the street from us, we had, uh, there was a sweet, sweet widow woman named Ella. We called her Miss Ella. And she was amazing. She was from Virginia. And we would go down and we would have, uh, she would fix us. Um, cucumber sandwiches and I don't know if you've ever had a cucumber sandwich but man they're awesome and so we eat these sandwiches and then she would turn on this old movie this old black and white movie and we would watch a movie together and we just became friends with Miss Ella and Becca used to go and hang, hang out down there wherever she is and you know and it was just a fun time well Miss Ella she had gotten to a place in her life where everything um, leading up to this point she had taken care of she'd I mean, she didn't have anything left to do. And it was obvious that she was approaching her transition, the final transition, going home to be with Jesus. Her husband had gone home to be with the Lord many years before that. And, and you could tell he was a wonderful man by the way she talked about him. I mean, she has talked about him like he was just, you wanted to meet him after she got done talking about him. And anyway, so it, it was getting close to her transition. And Nicole called me one day and she said, hey, Miss Ella wants you to come and pray for her. I said, well, okay. And she was staying in the down room, downstairs bedroom now, you know, because she wasn't getting around the way she used to. And, and she, they brought in a hospital bed for her. So the bed was propped up and she was sitting up. And I remember when I came in that day because I think it was her nurse or a family member was there and Nicole was there. And, and I thought, what am I going to pray? over Miss Ella. Every, I mean, everything in her life is, has led up to this. She's finished everything. She, she's got, you know, she's... I, I didn't feel like there was anything left to, to finish for her. And I thought, man, Lord, what do you want me to pray? And he said, just close your eyes, begin to pray, and I'll, I'll put the words in your mouth. So I did, and I closed my eyes, and I took Miss Ella's hand, and I began to pray. And I said, God, I just pray for Miss Ella right now. Lord, that you would help her finish strong. That you would help her transition to go home to be with you. And I thought, I can't believe I'm praying this, you know? I mean, I'm just going, you said you'd fill my mouth, you know? And, and but I knew it, she was ready. It's, she wasn't wanting to hang out. 
here on earth anymore. Nothing left to do here to finish. And after I got done praying, Miss Ella grabbed my hand. She squeezed it real hard. And she said, Lord, she said, yes, Jesus, help me transition. Help me go from this life to be with you. And I just thought, oh, man, yeah. She was ready to transition. And let me tell you, a few weeks later, it was a graceful transition. She went home to be with the Lord. So where you're at in the season that you're in, because there's a reason God wants me to talk about this. It's because many of you are at a place where you're transitioning from one season to the next. And are, are you going to transition gracefully? Because some of you, it's a forced transition. You didn't ask for it. It has come upon you. And, and, and you, you get to transition. Remember Joseph? He got to transition from his wonderful life at home to Potiphar's household. And there he was. But you know what I noticed? Joseph never complained. He transitioned right into Potiphar's household. And when he got there, he, he did his job so well that he was promoted and placed in charge of the entire household. That's not somebody that transitions poorly. That's somebody that transitioned. And they accepted what God had for their life. And so my question to you this morning is, are you willing to transition? Are you willing to accept the next season that God has for your life? Because I'll tell you this, when I prayed that prayer and I said, Lord, I just get a sense right now that I'm not where I'm supposed to be. I get a sense that although we're doing good things and we were doing outreach in Louisville, Kentucky, and God had started a ministry and things were going really well, it seemed, on the surface, but I could tell on the inside something. I, I didn't feel settled in my heart. I sensed that God had something for me and I wasn't in it. Maybe that's you. Maybe you're where I was. Maybe you sense that, God, I, I, I feel like you have something for me, but I sense I'm not in it. What's going on? And when I prayed that prayer and I said, God, I lay down everything right now at your feet and I'm willing to transition where you want me to be. I'm willing to accept the season that you have for me. And I had no idea that God would have a man call and say, hey, Phil, I want you to go on the road with me. Hey, Phil, I want you to not accept a salary. You know, uh, not, I'm not going to pay you anything, but I feel like you're the man. And I thought, man, I need, I need to sincerely pray over this. And you know what I did? We, we, we said, we're going to do a 21-day fast, and we're going to pray. And I said, is that okay? Can I give you an answer in 21 days? And he said, yeah, that'd be great. I don't think I was concerned about this car selling out from under me. You know what I mean? I don't think there's going to be a lot of other people. You know? And so, so you know what I did? We began to pray. I said, come on, family, let's pray. Because this affects all of us. Zach and Becca were being homeschooled. Becca uh, still had about a half a year left. Zach had two more years. And we, you know, we were, it affected them too because they were homeschooled. And, and I mean, to go on the road and do your homeschool in a hotel. I mean, you know, I had no idea what was in front of us. But when I prayed that prayer and I laid my life down and I said, God, 
I lay it all down before you and I ask you to place me where I need to be. And then Terry called. And then I said, I sounded spiritual. Yeah, we're going to go on a 21-day fast. I'll give you my answer in 21 days. Because you know what? I knew the answer already. We prayed for, was it two days? We prayed for two days. I pulled the family together sheepishly. We know the answer, guys. God's opening the door, and he's calling us out on the road. Was that comfortable for you, Phil? Not at all. I, got to, I had a knot in my throat. You know where hey, you get that knot in your chest right here? When you know that you're about to step out into something, and, and if God doesn't save you, it's going to be terrible. <laughs> it's going to be a train wreck. And, and do you know what happened? In three months, God gave us a 38-foot a, a RV. He, he brought in $12,000 so that we could redo the entire RV and buy the dolly that we needed and, and bring the car that we needed so that we could go out on the road. And he brought, he, he brought in all of the monthly support that we needed for five years. We lived like that. And, but I was scared. I mean, I had that knot in my chest. I was frankly, naturally kind of panicking that God was taking us to what seemed like nothing. There's no 401k. There's no guarantee of nothing other than doing ministry, seeing fruit, and look at what God did. And I had no idea that God would bring us here and that he would do what, he, what he's done with vision. I'm blown away. You guys don't know it. I mean, you, you think I come out late to look cool or something, and that's not at all it. I'm, I'm on my knees in there crying. I was in there crying this morning, going, God, I, I just can't believe what you're doing. can't believe that you would use me. He wants to use everybody. He wants to use all of us. And so I just sensed this morning that there's some people in transition. And I don't know what you're transitioning from. And you know, frankly, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Okay? But here's the thing. Are you going to hold on to a season and stay put because you're enjoying the season that you're in? Or are you going to step in to what God has for you? Are, are you going to stay comfortable over here and just hold on and go, you know, man, I just, I don't want to rock the boat. You know, I just... I'm enjoying where I'm at. It's comfortable. It's cozy. Over here's discomfort. But over here is where the blessing is. Over here is where the fruit is. Over here is where the increase is. Over here is where, Phil, you're going to go out on the road and you're going to travel for five years and you're not going to have a guarantee of a salary, but you're going to see thousands upon thousands of people come to Christ. You're going to minister to seven people on average per weekend that are suicidal, that are going to hand you their notes. And you're going to see God transform your, their life. You're going to see homosexuals sit down and begin to cry because they've never experienced the love of Jesus Christ. You're going to see lesbians break up with their girlfriends and be reunited with their husbands. You're going to give away 48,500 meals during a, during, a, during a pandemic. 
And you're going to see over 400 people give their lives to Christ. Wow. <clears throat> you're scared in the natural to step out? Yeah. Do it scared. Do it scared. Because I'll tell you what, do you know what happened? Because I, I didn't tell you the worst part. It wasn't that we didn't have a salary. It's that God told us to give everything away. Everything. I'm talking furniture, vehicles. We had ministry. We had a television studio. We had my recording studio that I had saved for years and years and years. Bought all this equipment that I'd wanted all of my life. You didn't know I was a musician before I was a pastor. But, I, you know, I was, I was doing, that's what I wanted to do. But God had a better dream for me but I had to be willing to transition to give up that dream to okay you're not docking me for the time that we gave the politicians are you right okay okay good so I just want to make sure uh, but I, and I'm, I'm closing right now but I, I just I just want you so much to be willing to transition to step out God needs us to. It's not comfortable. It's not cozy. But man, God's got a great plan for your life. Thanks for listening to this week's message. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. Just search Vision Church. If you would like to help support this ministry, you can do so at visionnwa.com forward slash give.